Now we're talking about in 2020, which is good vision, we're talking about getting healthy and building margin. Let's turn to 3 John chapter 2, I'll put it up on the screen for you. And it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Now this is the heart of God toward us. God's word is God speaking to us. It says, you know what, I want your body to be well. In every way, I want you to prosper, that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Well, I tell you what, your outward condition really is a reflection of your inward condition. You want to make sure that our heart, we keep our heart with all diligence and make sure we feed our heart on the Word and make sure we have the Word coming out of our, uh, in our heart and coming out of our mouth, right? Then Hebrews chapter 12 says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. Now, I don't know that would be for you, but there's something in your life that God's probably most likely dealing with you about, saying, you know what, not necessarily a bad thing you have on your plate, but just not something I want you to do. So we're trying to eliminate the different things that maybe we took on in as, a, as an assignment. But it can, also, it can also apply to a person, a place, or a thing. could be something that is just... You know, not something God wants you to do anymore, and then, you know, you just stay focused on what he wants you to do. So throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight and the sin that does so readily, deftly, and cleverly cling to you and entangle to you, and let us run with what? Patient endurance. So you know this is a, this is a uh, marathon, not just a sprint. And steady and active persistence to the appointed course of the race that God has for you. Say it with me. God has a race for me. See, God has a purpose for you. God has a place for you. God has a, a race for you to run. And there's going to be a big void in your life if you don't have a sense of knowing you're fulfilling your purpose, that you're at the right place, right place, right, doing the right thing. There'll just be a lack of purpose. And that's why I encourage you, if you're not even involved in this ministry, start serving on a team. It'll just do something more for you than you would even imagine. Just helping someone else is such a blessing. So also it says, we want to run the race that God has set before us, looking away from all that will distract. Boy, there's a bunch of distractions all around us today, right? So let's stay focused even in this service today. You might want to put your, your cell phone on night mode so you don't have to always be interrupted with a thought, right? Hannah taught me how to do something right in the middle of the day the other day. I said, and I'm tired of all these things popping up. I said, Dad, just go over here and go like that. So okay, I did that. So, uh, but you know, it, it, when, it, when you're getting into the Word or even just simply reading the Word, it's so important that you just get to a place where you're not, you're not being pinged and ponged and bleep, bleep, and all these things going off on your phone because you're getting right into a thought. You're feeding your heart, and all of a sudden, it can pull you from an answer. It can pull you away. And even in times like this, it's time to lean in. For the measure that you listen is the measure you're going to have returned to you. So please get your football team off your mind. They'll, they're going to be playing later. I'll be watching, but I'm not thinking about that right now. Well, I guess I was thinking about it now because I just said it. <laughs> My team's not in there e either. And, and um, William, your team is Miami Dolphins, right? Well, see, I grew up close to Miami, and I was a big Miami Dolphins fan. So I don't know what matter with our prayer life. But they, they, we we, we got we to, gotta, you know, bring that before the Lord during this prayer and fasting. And then some of you guys, some of you uh, Baltimore Ravens need uh, inner healing. 
Soul healing. Sorry about that. Well, you get on me sometimes, so you know what? I get back at you. That's scriptural. I am just kidding. That, that is not scriptural. All right. So looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is he? He's the leader and he's the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our beliefs and is also the finisher, bringing it to full maturity and perfection. So we're talking about getting healthy and building margin. Say it with me. I'm getting healthy. That's going to demand some change. Say that with me like you believe it. Say, I'm getting healthy. And one of the ways I'm doing that, I'm building margin. Let's explore that some more today. So you could just say it like this. One of the greatest ways to get healthy is to create margin. It really is. Most of us are living at an unsustainable pace, and it's even unscriptural, and God doesn't want that kind of life for us, so just flat wear us out. But the key is creating margin. You know, the culture around us, there's a bazillion things going on around all the time trying to get your attention and trying to distract you off the main priorities of life. We can enjoy some things in this life, but we need to make sure that we're staying focused because our culture tries to draw us into the extremes. When I was growing up, I could play every sport. You know, whatever season it is, I could play it. But now, you, now it's almost like the kids are demanded to be on five teams of football or five teams of basketball or five teams or whatever because the competition is getting so tough that if you don't just zero in and focus in on one, it's just extreme. And that almost takes the love of the game away for me a little bit because I, I like playing different things, and it was a different day back then. I, I realize that. So the world is all about extremes. And do you know what? Even, even in your walk with God, if you go to the extreme, that could also be unhealthy because you, have, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the body. You have to address all three. You address the spirit first, soul, and your body in that sequence. Because we have to make sure that we stay healthy because, you know, there's some things that uh, I'm working on. Make sure I, balance is not a real easy word for me. How about you? How about pace? How about pace? If, if we have God's proper pace, we'll walk in God's proper peace. It'll still be a little bit aggressive, but we'll still have peace about it. And so I tell you what, I'm the, this, this message is, is first for me. And because you go to this ministry, you're probably uh, similar to my wife and I, we get it done. You know, we, we like to do things. We like to be active. We, whatever we get into, man, we, we get into it full force. However, we have to take a look at what we're doing, make sure we stay healthy about it. The world wants you to work longer hours, sleep less, spend more, stretch to a better lifestyle. Well, here's a question for you. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? I'm not saying that God doesn't want to promote you and, and bless you, but it shouldn't, um, it shouldn't destroy your marriage or your family or if you're single or whatever the case might be. It should not be to the extreme to where you can't have the church involved in your life and, 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 and do the things that the Word of God instructs us to. I'm telling you, the world has a, uh, that's a harmful message right now, and it's not from God. Extremism is not, is not good. There's, there's extremism even in topics in the Word of God. If you're not properly taught, to, taught the Word of Faith, 
You, you know, if, if, if you're barely taught in the word of faith, if someone sneezes around you, they'll say, where's your faith? You're not supposed to be sick. You know what I mean? You get, get extreme. I'm walking in faith. I'll never take medicine for the rest of my life. That's extreme. You go to the doctor, and you, you don't want to tell your doctor anything because you'll think you're speaking negative. Well, then how can you tell them what you're going through? Just because you're going through something doesn't mean you're not a person of faith. It means you are a person of faith, and you are standing. The Word says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our He always causes us to what? He triumphs. He, he said he's made us more than a conqueror. He causes us always to triumph in Christ. So there's all kinds of things we need to make sure we're balanced on, and there is another side of faith where you work through a process. God does miracles, and thank God when miracles happen. But we apply the faith, and we make adjustments, and we follow the Spirit of God, and it works out well. So God designed us not to have unrelenting schedules and extreme calendars. There's got to be some margin. God designed us to have margin. And when we get out of divine order, things, I can tell you what, things are no longer divine. You get out of divine order, and you're going to lose your peace. You get out of divine order, and, and it could wear against your, your, your soul. You get out of divine order, and anxiety and uh, all these types of stress-related things can come crashing in on you. If you get out of divine order, you, you can press yourself so far that you begin to neurologically change the chemistry in your brain. It's just true. And that's why we've got to slow down and make sure we, we find God's pace. It'll be aggressive, but it'll be doable with his help. So God designed us to have margin. Isaiah 40 is a little bit of a key of one of the things that's going to help us have balance and a familiar scripture to us, but I like this scripture, and that's what we're doing. Well, we do this every day of our life, uh, even beyond our fasting, our prayer and fasting. By the way, we have a guide, prayer fasting guide. It's a very easy prayer. It's, it's whatever you want to uh, fast. might be, you know, something like social media a little bit or TV or certain types of foods. Just to get your attention, spend a little more time with God. But Isaiah 40 and 31 says, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him shall change. When we spend time in the word, get quiet, we're looking into a mirror, we shall change. When we spend time praying in the Holy Spirit, we shall change. When we spend time uh, getting quiet before the Lord, we'll, we'll change and we'll We'll have a different expectation, and we'll renew. We'll, we'll have our strength renewed. You, you, ever, you ever notice a time where you're grumpy? Don't go there with me. Say yes. All right. Do, 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 do you ever know a time where people get under your skin more than they normally do? That would be a good time to go and wait upon the Lord. And, and get your strength back so you can handle people appropriately. Because God cares about people. And no matter, no matter what they do to you, it's how you respond to what they did to you. And if you're not built up, you might not just respond the best way. And if you've overstepped a boundary, your heart condemns you immediately. And that's when you go and get it right. 
And the people that you go and apologize to, they might not even have noticed anything. So for your sake, go and do it. Those, that's, that's not minor when we make sure we get things right, stay um, keeping our heart clear. So the word goes on to say, we'll renew our strength. They'll lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. One translation says, when you spend time before the Lord, you won't lag behind. You'll just sort of walk with him and make sure he stays out front, you know. We, we, we want to see where God is going and be led by the Spirit and his word. I, I saw a quote that Keith Moore um, said, and I thought it was really good. And just really listen to this. And if we would apply this to our truth, we'd find out where we are and why we are right now. Keith Moore said, oh, our entire life, say entire. Our entire life and eternity will be the result of our response to God's word. Let me say it again. Our entire life and eternity will be the result of our response to God's word, whether we receive it, whether we reject it. Every time we come into an assembly, every time you get into a Bible reading by yourself, every time you're just sort of walking with God, he's fine-tuning, uh, you're, you're staying in step with him. If, if you um, uh, miss the mark concerning the word, your conscience will bother you, you get it right. But my life is a sum total of how I've received the word or rejected the word right now. So I'm going to receive the word. I'm going to follow his word. I'm going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because it'll take you to a good place, the place you've always wanted to be. So no matter how busy Jesus was, though, and we might be able to look at this, um, you know, maybe next week, but I'm not sure. But I'll mention it quickly. But no matter how busy Jesus was. Do you think Jesus was busy? But did you notice, though, that he left the disciples periodically and went and spent time with the Father? Did you notice that? He always took time to even rest. And, wow, this, this scripture here, and I'm going to give you a little bit of history of what's behind this scripture that will really help us to see into the window of what it's talking about. Second Thessalonians, let's take a look at that. It says, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. The Apostle Paul is saying this, and by the Holy Spirit, he says, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Now, let me set this up a little bit, and I, and I glean this from uh, Rick Renner. Paul and his apostolic team first preached the gospel in Thessalonica, just quoted from that, and then established a church there, and you can see that in Acts 17 if you want to read it later. But listen, this is the point. It was during this time that he had his team, he and his team laid the foundations for a church that would eventually challenge the forces of paganism and the hatred of the Jews. The opposition became so intense when they were establishing God's church. They were pioneering a work. The opposition from the Jews became so intense and violent, they were driven from the city. They fled to Berea. Just when you think, you know, like compare maybe a coworker that, that just rubs you wrong or maybe they 
Did, didn't do such kind, kindness. And then compare that to what those disciples were going through in, in everyday life when their life was on the line because they were doing the work of God and there was extreme persecution. They could lose their life at any time. You know, I know the word that says not to compare ourselves with others, but sometimes when we're going through something, I can guarantee you this, someone's going through something worse. And the word says that, you know, I'm not going to suffer you to be tempted above what you're able, but with that same temptation, I'm going to help you through that situation. That's, I love that scripture. As a matter of fact, I'll quote it a little bit later. But uh, so because of the spiritual, religious, and political environment in Thessalonica, the intensity persecution, it was extreme. It was one of the most extreme demonstrations of persecution that occurred while the New Testament church was being established. So you see this? We can see a scripture saying, okay, wait a minute. Here's a scripture that says, to you who are troubled, and he was talking to these very people. He says, you got to rest. You're going through stuff. A lot of stuff. You know, you, we've all been through seasons. You're like, I don't need one more thing. How many know the enemy, once, once he piles on, he tries to pile on harder? So here today, God's telling us all, those of you who are troubled, it's time to take a rest because you can't be under extreme persecution and extreme weight and extreme pressure for an overextended period of time. Otherwise, our human side can be affected. You know, one of the things I've become to appreciate that much more is Christian, say Christian, Christian psychology. Because it talks about the things that when you're in a positive environment, what chemicals are released and how it enables people to thrive. And, and that talks about in the home environment or in the work environment or, you know, and then, then if you are around people that are very narcissistic and, 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 and they, they almost are abusive to you, it, it, it causes chemicals in the back of your brain to shift and, and it almost begins to shut you your, your ability to function down and to produce. Do you think it's good that we better renew our mind on the Word of God that no matter what we face today, all of our chemicals are renewed? He said he'd renew our mind, our chemicals, our, our emotions. That's huge. But it's very interesting. Henry Cloud, he's a good one to read after on boundaries. And I've been reading after him a lot. And it, it, it's just so... He explains it. You're like, my goodness, no wonder why that person's like that, or no wonder why I'm like that. You know? And it's, he's, he's all word, too, and it's just very interesting. But these believers were exposed to pressures from outside forces, they, but they refused to surrender it to defeat in these things. And day after day after day after day, they lived, they breathed, they functioned without relief within this climate to which Paul said, you guys, I see it. I see it on you. You've got to break away and you've got to rest. You've got to. Now, Rick Renner, he, he interprets, he's just um, an expert on Greek and Hebrew, and it's just amazing. He breaks down all these words. So I'm going to give you his interpretive scripture on that um, 2 Thessalonians 1.7. 
when he breaks down the different words. This is what it says. To, to you who are going through difficulties right now, it's time for you to let up. It's time for you to take a breather. It's time for you to relax. I feel like you're breathing easier a little bit out there. We know what it's like to be under constant pressure, but no one can stay under that kind of stress continuously, so join us in learning how to loosen up a bit. Shake off your troubles and allow yourself a little relaxation and time for recreation. That's an interesting scripture. Can you see how now surrounding the context with that scripture makes sense? But here's what happens though. If we don't work on our margin, we will never have time to get healthy. Believe it or not, there is, I want everybody to look at me right now. Believe it or not, once you eliminate what God didn't put on your plate, there is some give in your calendar and in your schedule. There is. I hadn't found it yet. Well, that's why you're on this three-week thing with us. See, because there could be a person in your life that's stealing a lot of your time that you're a people pleaser and you never want to say no to. And everything you let someone else draw you into takes away from your margin and then you don't even have time to get your stuff done. You're like, margin is a spare amount. We should all have a spare amount and the different priorities in our life, a spare amount or an amount allowed or given for contingencies or special situations. You know, I mentioned, you know, we have margins on paper so we don't get sloppy. Right? We should create margin in traffic when we're, when we're you know, we have a distance between us and the car in front of us. Uh, this week, I had to go to a doctor's appointment. I let my, you know, my wife drove. She doesn't drive often, but for that reason, I had to think about some things. Uh, huh? You don't drive me often. See, I, <laughs> when she started going like that, I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. I said something wrong or I need clarity. <laughs> like, uh-oh, better get makeup. All right, so. But she drove me, and I didn't tell you this, and I was just like, gosh, I wish she'd slow down. And we're coming up to a light. I'm, I'm like, I was about, there's a light. I know there's a light. And so anyway, but we, we were driving. I think I was driving this time, and my goodness, every time we drive, it seems like people come over into our lanes because of the phones, because of, you know, they're looking at us. Come on now. Does that get on your last nerve when you're at the, on, when you're at the light and, and, and something's like this and the light's green and you're like, burp, burp, and they're like, do you think it'd be good to have margin in your finances? 
I'm a faith guy. I'm a faith person. I have pastors that at the end of the year, they give all their reserves away. I'm a faith. I say, well, I didn't say it. But I'm like, reserves are healthy. Why did God say he'd bless our storehouses? Because savings are good, healthy, emergency funds. And, and come on, how many of you gone through Dave Ramsey? Did it help you? I'm telling you, it's helping us. And I wish I could get down to some things today. I'll just skip around a little bit. But um, so we see margin is going to be necessary for us. If we're going to have margin, we have to adjust our priorities and then see where the flex is and, and, and do life better. If you are in the race for the long run, endurance is going to be necessary. And you can't be, you, you can't be grinding or, or, or in, you can't live in a red zone without breaking down eventually and your oil locking up and your engine blowing. Endurance is about boundaries. If you run off the track, uh, you, you, you've disqualified. If you get out of your lane, you're disqualified. Matter of fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he says, I, I discipline my body. I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. We talk about, we do talk about margin even in finances, and that's why we have practical classes. Margin financially would be having money left over at the end of the month. Say it with me. I give. I save. I live within my means. How are you going to do that? You've got to have a budget to know. You've got to know your numbers. Oh, I'm led by the Spirit in my numbers. Well, that's exactly why you're the problem you are. It's good to be led by the Spirit. But you're supposed to bring a paper out, and you're supposed to know what your fixed costs are, and you're supposed to know what your groceries are, and you're supposed to know what your budget is, and you're supposed to know, hey, wait a minute. Okay, I give God 10%, and I, I give offerings, and then, then I pay myself 10%. In other words, I, I save that, and then I'm, I'm living off this percentage. And that's just how we judge the way we, we live in a house or, or rent or, or, or whatever utilities and all that kind of thing. Say, man, Pastor Cohen, I didn't want to come to a business meeting this morning. Well, well, I'm trying to help you. This is this is Bible. And I want to tell you something. If you want to get to the place where my wife and I are, and some of you, I'm sure, are beyond us, but we couldn't do it just by being led by the Spirit, not going to financial peace. A lot of it I learned through through <laughs> trial and error. But there's so much good information out there that help you get a plan. You know, prepare for the unexpected. Say, isn't that doubt and unbelief? I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, at least we can put up the 11 o'clock service if this doesn't go right <laughs> online. This one minister literally said, don't go out and buy, literally said, this literally said, I, I'm not going to talk names, this, this person, this minister said, don't go out and buy a case of Pepto-Bismol.
Because he said, then you, you, because you're going to have to use it all. I know I shouldn't have said that. Does it, did that just flop? I mean, you're preparing for what Pepto-Bismol does. Protects against. Well, anyway. But however, it's good to have some Pepto-Bismol around. But I mean, you know. <laughs> you might not want to get a. You might not want to get a whole case of it, because he, he's saying, because then that by faith you'd be having to use it all. So anyway, I, is that the friend you're talking about? Is coming to visit us today? You know, do you think he should come back next week to see what it's really like about Harvest? <laughs> all right. Yep. See, I was in the valley of decisions. I just made a wrong decision right in front of you. But Willie George said it like this. Rising to the occasion, it's a myth. We operate at the level of our preparation. <laughs> God, just put on me that debt liquidation spirit. And a word of knowledge comes to you. Of course, you, you rebuke it. Get a budget. What? Cut your credit cards up. Here's some practical principles. John Wooden said, fail to prepare. What happens? You prepare to fail. You know, just get a little more personal testimony from my wife and I without going too far in depth. God's blessed my wife and I. I mean, he has. But we've been on a plan. We've been working together over 30 years. Our first house was a very a very nice little first house that we could afford. And I was on an assistant pastor's salary and she was working in the hairdressing profession. And, and so we worked together. We believed God. And, and we, believe, we had to believe God paycheck to paycheck. We did. But then we believed, we believed to get one paycheck up. And then anytime I paid on my mortgage, I did, I did anything I could do for extra principal on that. And that became sort of a forced savings account. And we did that. And then, then from there, we moved to another house in um, Winston when we were on staff at St. Peter's. And, and it was within our means. So I'm a faith person. Even though I can only afford a $1,000 mortgage, by faith, 3,000 come in every, week, every month. By faith, yeah. By faith in Jesus' name. Talk to somebody that's smarter than you are. Talk to somebody that used to say that and got burned so bad and learned from their school of hard knocks rather than you having to learn that yourself. If you're about ready to have a panic attack of, of, your, of your, what your car costs you monthly, that, I, I, do, you, do I have to be a prophet to say sell the thing and get something you can afford? Oh, but what will people think? Nothing. I'm thinking peace. <laughs> but we worked, uh, my wife and I, to get to the place where we had a plan. And from that house, I'm talking about margin. You can apply margin any area of your life. But from there, we got to this other house and we would do the same thing. And then, then I knew we had small kids and 
and, and I learned that, man, my wife and I had to be on the same page with me, and we had to exert self-control because we've got kids, we've, we've got a household, and there's certain things we just can't do right now. So we did what we could do, and we, we believed beyond our wage, you know, so God could do things. I mean, we, we're at a point that, that uh, we need another car, and we just, someone gave us a car. But we weren't going in the prayer line. I mean, we weren't going up there, you know, when it was sort of signed, say, Lord Jesus, I'm believing for a car. You know, you ever, ever had someone, you know, pray so loud next to you because they know you had what they need? I know someone's here today, Father. I use them, Lord. Use them. <laughs> God, we need just a nice, clean car. <laughs> I've been around just a little bit. I've been around a minute. <laughs> so many stories for you. Oh, Jesus. But no, no one... No one knew that we, we had a particular need, and we... So we did the first step, Dave Ramsey. We, we got that $1,000 emergency fund, and then we began that debt snowball of our, lined up our debt and started to pay off the least amount, and once that's paid off, whatever you're paying for that, you don't start spending it, you put that on the next debt, and you... And you pay that debt off, and then it begins to snowball, and you, you eliminate consumer debt. By the way, we never carry consumer debt here at Harvest Church, and I never can carry consumer debt at the coin household. Now, let me say it like this, though. I pay it off every month because there's sometimes, I mean, we have to. C certain business things we've got to do, but we don't carry consumer debt. Then you set up, believe God, week after, you know, week up in your finances, and then, then the third thing you do is you 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 fund your emergency fund, which means you you have to have a budget to even know what it is. So you put your budget together, know your numbers. How many want margins? How many want to get healthy? Say it with me, I'm getting healthy, and I am building margin. And if I don't know my numbers, I will by the end of the day or by the end of the week. Get somebody who's good at numbers, if you trust them, to help you with that. So I've always known my numbers, know the numbers in this ministry. I get reports Monday, I know where every cent is, I know where everything is, and, and I don't touch it, don't have a key to that office, don't have coats, I have nothing. No, you never do that. We, all, we have cameras all around this place, we, we have, we have Accountability all around this place. We have secret service all around this place. I mean, if you see an usher going like this, they're discussing something to be a, you know, they're keeping everything in order around here. Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise, there's stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours it all. You don't eat everything that comes in. Then you, number four, you invest 15% of your income in retirement. The earlier you can start with this, oh, that would be such a blessing for your life. Start saving for college. Our kids' college is paid in full. Woo! Yeah, that's good. 
then pay off your home and then build wealth and give generously. And we've given generously along the way. You know, this did definitely go a little bit different this morning, but can I, are, are you getting what I'm saying? Think about, think about these things because um, let, me, let me give you a few more practical things this morning. Don't get condemned about it. But if you're married, do you have life insurance for your spouse? Ooh, I don't want to think about someone dying early. Listen, dying is not bad for a Christian. It's far better to be with the Lord. It, it's, it's bad for us on this side because we miss them. I have life insurance on my wife. She has life insurance on me. Because I don't want any, you know, and it's very inexpensive. And even more important than that, do you have a will? I have a will and I periodically update it. You need a will. You need a will. I'm telling you, I've been in situations they didn't have a will and it was terrible. These aren't pleasant topics to talk about, but it is. It's not. I need, get yourself a will if you don't have one. They're easy to put together. Update. Make sure you go yearly to your social security and see where you are. I've aggressively, no, I'm just being transparent with you, right? Because I'm getting healthier and I'm walking in more margin. I'm to the point in my budget that if anything ever happened to me where I was disabled, it would cover our budget. And for the comfort of this church, if anything were to happen to me, I have key man insurance and we have reserves. And this church legacy moves on. This is a mandate from God, not just a man or a person. Why do you think I have other people minister? Because it's not just all about me and all about my wife. We are Harvest Church. And we have a, a responsibility and a role. And certainly every ministry takes on the personality and, uh, of, of the pastors and like this. But we have so many gifted people here that, that give us another angle, culturally speaking. Give us another angle, age speaking. It's a beautiful thing. And know your numbers. It's time to go. All my margin is gone in this service right now, and I don't know how that happened. Did it, did it feel like a long service today? What are you going to say? <laughs> Will you mind if I take my time with this content? I really have some things to talk to you about. And it's just going slower than I thought. Now, when we hit, when we hit sort of a, that kind of a zone, I've learned... God wants us to glean more out of this area than we've talked about. I'm so looking forward to my wife. She's going to be ministering in this topic as well. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together, This uh, what you're dealing with us about. And, and, Father, so much of the solution of how we can get healthy and build margin is seek you first and your kingdom, and your righteousness, your way of doing and being right, everything else will be added to us. And God, thank you so much for us 
to hear the practical side of the word. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. And Father, help us not just to forget these things and walk out of these doors. Help us to be hearers of the word and then do the word with your grace. Father, I pray that those that aren't gifted in these areas will find a friend or get into financial peace or go to the Chamber of Commerce or somewhere where they can get into a place where they can sit down with a a financial person that can help them clearly put these things together. Father, we examine ourselves whether we be in the truth or not today. Forgive us for, for not having margin. Forgive us for not being as healthy as we need to be. I want you to repeat this prayer after me, would you? Say with me, Lord, I ask you for wisdom. Help me to know the balance in my life. Help me to build margin and work with times of rest and relaxation and recreation. God, sometimes I'm tempted to work nonstop. Never take a break as I should. And I do get tired and worn out. Forgive me for not taking better care of myself. I yield to your peace. I resist this feeling of guilt that would try to overwhelm me. I now know that you want me to take a break from this constant pace and learn to relax. Holy Spirit, thank you for helping me make this change in my life. 